Welcome to One Shot, One Life, helping you win with money, people, faith, work, health, and your hopes and dreams. We help you stop worrying and start winning. I will not waste my life watching the world go by. I've only got one shot, one shot, one life. Now, welcome your host, best-selling author, speaker, CEO, husband, and dad, Doug Fitzgerald. Welcome to One Shot, One Life. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald, broadcasting from the One Shot, One Life studios in the middle, smack dab in the middle, of the heartland of America in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you so much for joining us today. And always by my side, uh, beginning of the show and throughout the show, is my executive producer, Josh Floyd. Josh, um, next week marks two years that the show's actually been on the air. We've got our two-year anniversary coming up. I'm excited for next week's show because we're going to talk, uh, look at some highlights yeah. of some of our awesome, well, all of our guests are awesome, but just some awesome highlights from our guests. feels like it's been two months. <laughs> it's just flown by. It's flown by, and I'm excited about the future because we've got a lot, a lot of great things um, coming down the pike, and hopefully we'll be able to release some of that more inf- information next week, which will be great. Sweet. Yeah. You know, every single week, um, what we love to do on the show is bring on experts uh, with proven plans to help us stop worrying and start winning in the areas of money, people, faith, work, health, and our overall hopes and dreams. And um, this week's going to be no exception. It's going to be something you're going to want to listen to over and over again. Uh, Josh, I got a question for you, though, as we move forward with this. Do you have any regrets in life at this point <laughs> in your life? I just No, not a single one. <laughs> well, there you go. That was a quick response. No, I've, I, there are several. There are several. I, I still beat myself up a, about a little bit. Yeah. Well, we all do, you know, and these yeah. regrets can literally be an emotional, mental, and spiritual prison for a lot of people. And in just a few minutes, I'm going to reveal 12 things that people regret before they die. It'll be interesting to see Mm. uh, if you can relate to any of those. And it's going to be a great reminder that our lives are short, they truly count, and we can make a difference in people's lives. You know, one of those regrets that a lot of people have uh, at the end of their life is not forgiving somebody or not rectifying a relationship that they have in their life. So today um, on our show, um, we're going to talk about forgiveness and the power that forgiveness has, not only for the other person, but also for yourself and helping you break out of that cage of uh, really a prison that can be in your life. So I've asked our dear friend of the show and faith expert, Josh Luce, to join us and walk through some thoughts about forgiveness and how we can do that. Um, Now, here's the thing about uh, when someone hurts you. Most people become imprisoned by it. it, becomes such a bitter strain in their lives that they can't let go of that pain or frustration. So they hang on to it. And it just grows like a cancer, uh, impacting their emotional, spiritual, and physical lives in such a negative way. So Josh is going to give us uh, really some, um, uh, some help to help us break free from that pain, to help us live in the freedom that can help us better understand how to forgive, how to accept forgiveness, and ultimately show us what forgiveness looks like from God as well. So uh, just stick around. You're going to love love what Josh has to offer. Now, last week we had a great show. We talked about how do we talk and communicate with youth and teens. You know, if you've got a, a youth in your life, a young person, maybe you're a mom or dad, aunt or uncle, grandma or grandpa, teacher, mentor, you know, coach, Um, That means uh, everybody should be listening to the show. Uh, We had a great uh, youth expert on, Matt Schulte, who talked about how do we talk and communicate effectively with youth, especially today, 
uh, in our culture. And he gave us three, three powerful tips to effectively communicate with today's youth. So go back, listen to that, uh, take note of those action steps that you can start using right away to really help better communicate with our youth. Josh, how can people find our podcast? You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for podcasts. Both of those are free. Once you have one of those, you just sign up for an account, you search, you click the magnifying glass, search one shot, all one word, and then one life, all one word. You'll find all of our previous episodes. You'll find all of our new ones as they come out. You can take us with you wherever you go in traffic, on the treadmill. We're there for you. All right. Well, check out the podcast and uh, yeah, go back and listen. We've got some, we were just talking uh, before the show started about all the great guests that we've had on. So it's definitely worth your time to binge. Binge it. And we would really love it if you'd give us a review. Five stars would be really nice. That would be really good. (laughs) Well, Josh, uh, I'm going to wrap things up in the first segment here. We're going to talk about regrets. You know, life is full of choices. I talk to my kids all the time. Doesn't matter how big or small Um, the decision that you make in your life is, it's going to impact somebody. And a lot of times, um, those little decisions or big decisions um, can lead to regrets in our lives or even lack of decisions as well. So Lolly Daskal, I ran across her blog uh, on the internet this last week where she talked about 12 things that people regret before they die. And I thought these were great. And maybe we can relate to these and see if there's some area that we can change so that we don't regret. Number one, I wish I had spent more time with the people I love. Mm-hmm. You know, our society is so fast and so active that a lot of times we don't spend time with our kids or our wives or our husbands or people that we truly love. Um, so um, that's number one regret. Number two, I wish I had worried less. Mm. Hmm, that sounds like a show I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. you know, worry is just, I love this quote, worry is just using your imagination to create things you don't want. It's really interesting. It's true. You create things in your mind. My wife and I I talk about this often. You know, when you worry, you create things that really 99% of the time never come true. Yeah. You know, so, all right. Number three, I wish I had forgiven more. That's Mm. exactly what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Saying I'm sorry. We learned about last week from Matt Schulte teaching our kids. How do we say I'm sorry and work through that? Number four, I wish I had stood up for myself. A lot of people... Um, live their life being bullied or silenced, and they never stand up for themselves uh, in really making that difference in the world around the around them. Uh, number five, I wish I had lived my own life. I saw Ooh. a couple of quotes here from people where they were saying, "I, I, you know, I, I just did what my parents said, or I just did what this other person expected, rather than doing what they felt led to live in their life." Number six, I wish I had been more honest with people uh, and not hid things. Number seven, I wish I had worked less. And That's a more. big one. That's a big one. Especially for guys, right? We're designed, yeah. we're wired to take care of those around us. Number eight, I wish I had uh, cared less about what other people thought about me. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Did she write this for me? <laughs> I know. It's just really good. <laughs> uh, the number nine regret, I wish I had lived up uh, to my full potential. Mm. I think maybe, you know, if you're really trying to achieve things in your life and you follow the, the, the ultimate success formula, sometimes you realize you have more potential than you're actually putting your effort into. Number 10, I wish I had faced my fears. Life is found in the distance between your deepest desire and your greatest fear. She says, remember, fear is only temporary, but regress, regrets last forever. Number 11, I wish I had stopped chasing the wrong things in life. And the final regret that most people had before they died, I wish I'd lived more in the moment. 
and not lived outside of the moment worrying about things around me. So take a few moments uh, now, kind of revisit that in your life, maybe with your business, your life, your leadership, and then ask yourself, is there anything in my life that I might regret in the future if I don't take care of now? Um, I'll definitely regret because life goes by fast. You got one shot and you got one life. We're going to take a quick break here. When we return, we'll be joined by faith expert and a great friend of the show, Josh Luce. Josh is going to show us how to live in the freedom that forgiveness brings to our lives. He's going to do that by helping us better understand how to forgive, how to accept forgiveness, and ultimately show us what forgiveness from God looks like. This is a show that the world needs now more than ever. You are listening to the show that helps America stop worrying and start winning. One shot, one life. Helping you tap into the power of the ultimate success formula to win at anything in life. This is One Shot, One Life. Welcome back to One Shot, One Life. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald, and we want to welcome our new affiliates and listeners joining us on amazing radio stations across the country in the United States. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're listening to us on the podcast and you would like your local station to pick up the show, all you have to do is call, call them, contact them, email them, text them. Let them know you want to hear One Shot, One Life in your local market. We'd really appreciate that. Well, in my book, One Shot, One Life, I share about uh, me asking 92 of my good friends and colleagues this question. What do you worry about that keeps you up at night? And we took their responses and we compiled that list. And that list consisted of money, people, faith, work, health, and their overall hopes and dreams. In the book, I take those and I talk about the different aspects of where people worry and what their concerns are, and I look at the top five. And in the area of faith, it was really interesting because people were really you know, transparent about the responses. Um, here are some of the responses that they gave me. Um, I'm worried about being the spiritual leader that my family truly needs. I don't know if I'm that person. The second one was the spiritual growth of my kids. They were worried about their faith. Um, they were worried about their personal faith, feeling like they were stuck and didn't know where to go, and also worried about discerning God's will for their life and so many other areas that they were afraid of. You know, I was a pastor for 13 years, and I know that faith is very uh, important and valid as a concern that people have in their lives. And I believe that faith is a critical part of every person's life. So uh, what we do at One Shot, One Life is we dig into faith with a transparent and a just raw conversation to help us all better understand what does it mean, what does it look like, and how can we stop worrying about this area of faith in our lives and start winning. So today we are honored to have back on the show faith expert and a dear friend of the show, Josh Luce. Uh, Josh has been a full-time pastor for over 23 years, and he's just a guy I absolutely love. I trust him uh, with his conversation in regards to being transparent about faith. That's what's very unique about him. And I'm excited to be able to talk about today because we're going to talk about forgiveness, probably one of the things that our world needs more uh, than ever uh, before. So Josh, welcome back to One Shot, One Life. Doug, every time I get to come in here and uh, spend time with you and your listeners, I walk away just pumped. Ready to go. Well, and now we're a national audience, yeah. which is really exciting. And I'm excited exciting. to introduce you to them because I think this is our real first 
faith episode since we've done our national show. Thank you, right? Yeah. So um, I, that's why I'm excited to introduce you to our listeners and what we have going on. You've had a lot of transition over the past year. Um, you're working at a different church now, and you are, I can just tell, excited and uh, thrilled to be able to continue the work that you are called to by God. You, um, you shared a message that I listened to last week that really hit home for me, and it talked about forgiveness mm-hmm. and how... Uh, when we in our lives don't forget some forgive somebody, uh, we we hold ourselves as prisoners, really, yeah, right? Yeah. Emotionally, mentally, physically, with our other relationships, uh, and it can really damage people um, for a long time. Absolutely, like not for a day or two or a month, but yeah. for years and decades sometimes. Um, why don't we start talking about that? Why, uh, you know, why is not forgiving? Why is that such a prison in people's mm. lives? Yeah, somebody said there's no prison like the prison of an unforgiving heart, and mm. We think that forgiveness has a cost, and it does, but we don't realize that unforgiveness also has a cost. And at first, it may we may feel good withholding some forgiveness for something that somebody has done to us and wronged us, and there's some kind of justice, maybe sense that we feel like we're dishing out, but ultimately, we're the one that's paying the cost through that whole time. And over the long run, it's going to cost us even more than forgiving them ever would. And we'll, we'll live in bondage with that, continuing to loom over our mind and our thoughts. Meanwhile, they meant not even be thinking about it at right, all, right? right. We're, we're not sleeping, we're carrying it, and they're just walking around doing whatever. So really, when we choose not to forgive, we're the ones that pay the price in that. And I think of that in my life. There's just, just the situations where I've lost sleep. Mm-hmm. I've worried about things for a day or two or three or four. Yeah. Um, and just not clearing the air, releasing myself. And I had total control of that. Yeah. You shared a story about, um, when you first got married and, uh, I thought that was interesting because it gives you a good word picture of just the weight that, uh, not forgiving can lead in your life. For sure. Yeah. I I was telling this story once, uh, to a group and I said, there are two kind of packers in this world. Like there are those that are light packers. And then I said, and there are those that are, and somebody said, prepared. And I said, no. <laughs> That's my wife. Right, yeah. Maybe heavy packers, right? So those that pack light and those that overpack. And then and we us guys, we have to carry it. That's right. The preparedness. And my wife is definitely a prepared packer. She's always set, and she has bailed me out a lot because of that. But right after we got married, uh, a week after our honeymoon, we went to a camp to work with teenagers for a week. And she had packed for that camp. And so... I'm unloading our bags and we're headed uh, into this cabin where we're going to be staying. And I pull it out of the truck and I got one bag out. I got another one. And the next one, it was just took a little effort to get this thing out. And I mean, we just got married. I'm trying, you know, this is macho time for me to show her she married the right guy. That I'm, So I kind of try to pull it out without showing her. It's it's giving me a little bit of trouble to do. And I I, I get it out and she's kind of quiet. And I say, what, would you pack weights in here? And she was just really quiet. And I thought, okay, great. She's not impressed by my humor or by my strength. This is not going well, right? We get inside. I go to a meeting. I come back. She's got the cabin all set up, all prepped for the week. And I look at the floor next to the bed and there's a set of weights. And she literally had brought weights. She said, I just want to work out in the morning. So... But so many of us, you know, you you maybe wouldn't normally pack weights in your bag as you go places. Uh, but why would you want to wear the weight of unforgiveness throughout your life? Why would you throw on a backpack and load that up with the weight and debt of someone else's forgiveness that you won't release? 
and day in and day out carry that thing when you could release it. And that's what we want to talk about today. Yeah. So as we look at that, what is, let's just jump right in. What does God share about this? Mm. Um, why? And because I, I know the principle of what you're going to share, and it's, it is absolute truth. But the hardest part about absolute truth many times mm-hmm. is actually living that out. Absolutely. So what, what does God yeah. share about it? Yeah, so there's a book of the Bible, uh, Matthew, and Jesus is talking with his disciples. And throughout chapter 18, they're kind of going back and forth on who's the greatest. And probably some feelings get hurt, you know, even that conversation as they're trying to gain status in that. And then they, they have a conversation about what to do if somebody sins against you and hurts you. And then... Peter, who uh, I love Peter, because he's always the guy that's going to say what everybody's thinking, right? And he's going to come out and do it. The end of the chapter, Peter comes up and he says to him, Lord, how often will my, uh, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? And then he goes on to offer a number. And I think he's thinking at this point, okay, yeah, like teacher's pet, I'm going to get this right. I'm going to shoot high, right? And so he says as many as seven times, which in that Jewish tradition at that time, there were some traditions of various different numbers. Maybe three in some traditions would be like, if somebody sins against you up to three times, but after three, three strikes you're out, right? That, that's it. So Peter thinks he's going big. But what Peter doesn't realize is he's still putting limits on his forgiveness. He's still putting a number out there. And so Jesus comes back and he says to him, I don't say to you seven times, but 77 times or 70 times seven. And there's a bigger principle that Jesus is working into. And Doug, I know you, you're a student of the Bible, you study scripture, and one of the things that's fascinating is this links back to another passage in the Old Testament. So it's pretty incredible. In the Old Testament, there's a story of a guy, his name is Lamech, and he's not a good dude. And he shows up in Genesis chapter 4, and he said he's the first guy that actually... Uh, has a couple wives in in the Bible, which the Bible is not condone that at all. He's he's just he's a vile guy, and he makes up this song for somebody hurting him. And at the end of this song, he says, "If Cain is avenged sevenfold, then Lamech isn't avenged seventy sevenfold." And so Jesus is taking the same number principle and applying it to forgiveness, where Lamech is using this towards his vengeance. And essentially, he's using an, a word word play here of saying infinity and infinity times infinity is what my vengeance is going to come back, Mm. Lamech. And Jesus flips that on its head and he says, hey, Peter, don't put a limit on your forgiveness. Your forgiveness is infinity. It's an infinity times infinity. This is an unbounded forgiveness that Jesus is offering. That is so, It's that's so good, but it's so difficult to do when somebody that you love hurts you and you know that you need to forgive them, but it just, it just runs you through the ringer. Um, and it, and it just emotionally crushes you really. And to take those steps to move forward, to actually forgive somebody, um, is what we, you know, are learning about today and what we want to uh, really learn about as we move forward over the next several minutes. So we're going to take a break here And when we come back, Josh, you're going to share with us some practical steps later on about what we can do of how to forgive. I think Mm. for some people, accepting forgiveness is hard as well. Uh, But we're going to dig a little bit deeper into what God really shares about forgiveness in the next segment. And you're going to share a story that I heard you tell about a guy named Chris Carrier with us. 
um, that is just such an amazing, powerful word picture of a true story of forgiveness um, that really can, I think, help all of us uh, learn what does it mean to truly forgive. And if Chris can forgive as he did, I think we can forgive as well. You are listening to the show that helps America stop worrying and start winning. One shot, one life. stop worrying and start winning. This is One Shot, One Life. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald, and thank you so much for joining us on One Shot, One Life. Today, faith expert Josh Luce has uh, joined us to talk about forgiveness. Um, In our last segment, he shared about the freedom um, that does come when we forget or when we forgive somebody in our lives. And it's so hard for us to do at times. If you missed that first part of the show where Josh was uh, sharing that, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to our podcast. Simply uh, use your favorite podcast platform and search one shot, all one word, one life, all one word. And while you're there, you can also listen to all of our past episodes. Uh, Well, Josh, you know, in the last uh, segment, you kind of opened up this idea of forgiveness. What does it look like? The contrast of wanting to avenge people that hurt you versus Mm -hmm. forgiving people over and over and over again that you truly love. So let's uh, let's kind of wrap that up. What does that really look like? Because sometimes uh, when we've been forgiven, we forget real quick. Yeah. And then we don't forgive other people, you know, on the flip side of that. Right. Yeah. Well, in that same passage in Matthew, Jesus goes on to tell a story. He was a master storyteller. He tells about this guy that had gotten into debt, and, and after the person found out how much they had been embezzling, stealing from them, they went to him and they demanded their money back. But the, the amount of money that was set up at that time was something you could work your whole life towards and never repay. It was, it was overarching and outlandish and massive. And so he chooses to forgive him that debt, and that person goes and rather like you're talking like millions, like just millions, tons. Two, three yeah. Million. So he he refers to it as talents, which was a, a unit of measurement, right? And if you would go back, it would be ten to twelve million. Oh wow! In our day, and that's without inflation. So <laughs> the, the number was impossible, yeah. right? Just impossible to repay. But that person, rather than going and living in the freedom of that debt being forgiven, goes and finds somebody that owes them money, grabs them by the, the throat, and demands that they repay. And, and they, they owed a significant amount. It was probably about 100 days' wages, so it wasn't just nothing. But in light of what they had just been forgiven, why would you go back and hold somebody into a debt that is so much smaller than what you've just been forgiven? And Jesus uses this principle to show us what we've been forgiven from him is more than we could ever pay. So why would we go back and demand others repay us a debt for their wrong or for their hurt that that is way less than what we owe God? Why is this concept so hard for us as humans? <laughs> I know it's a big question. Obviously, I may not be able to answer all of it, but but why is it so hard? Because you know, I've had even within the last this past year or so, just you know, there have been people that have you know, it's I've had to forgive and forgive and forgive. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's a point I think, um, and uh, there's a point where if you're if you're in danger, physically right. or emotionally, you need to to get out, Absolutely. get help, but then learn the process of forgiveness because you can still be held hostage to that. Yeah. Um, but why is it so difficult for us to forgive? So it's so hard because. W- 
it's legitimate. We've legitimately been hurt and we always think of ourselves first that we're right. We're always the first person we think of no matter what the situation is, but forgiveness is me letting go of my right to hurt you for hurting me. And Mm. so there, there's a legitimate justice that I want to bring about because you've hurt me. So if I forgive you, I'm taking the cost of that. I'm absorbing that cost of the pain rather than you. And I want you to own it and take it back. Right. So I think it's hard just because we think so much of ourselves. In our society today, it, forgiveness is, I don't know if there is forgiveness that's right. being taught out there or right. shared. It's like, how do I get back? Yep. And how can I get the edge? And how yep. can I get on top of somebody else? And it's getting, in my opinion, getting worse and worse as the days go by. Or at least there's forgiveness to a certain point, but but then right. it's like, no. But if you cross the it. line, yep. that's it. <laughs> don't cross that line. <laughs> Well, hey, uh, you know, speaking of this, uh, you had shared a story um, that I'd seen uh, in regards to a guy who unbelievably uh, forgave, and it turned into be a huge blessing. His name was Chris Carrier. Why don't you share that story with us? Yeah, a story. Once you hear, you can. And this never is real forget. life. Real life. December twentieth, nineteen seventy four. Chris Carrier, his ten year old kid getting off the bus uh last day of school just happened winter break was coming up and he's in coral gables florida and he's walking home and a guy comes up to him identifies himself as chuck says that he knows his dad that he's helping him decorate for this holiday party and so he says his dad wanted him to go get him and bring him over everything seems legitimate to chris so he hops in the car And little does he know that uh, this isn't Chuck, this is David McAllister. He'd been working for uh, their family, for his great uncle, providing care, and had been let go because of alcohol problems that he'd had. And David was just on a mission. And so he took Chris out, uh, out of town and parked his car on the side of the road, pulls out an ice pick and Mm -hmm. starts just just violently uh, going at Chris. And uh, at some point, Chris has grown up in Sunday school. He's grown up in church, and he doesn't know why, but he said it. For some reason, I just said, God, forgive him. He doesn't know what he's doing, as he was just thinking about uh, what Jesus was saying on the cross. And for whatever reason, David stops at that point, gets back in the car, puts Chris in there, and tells him that he's going to drive him. He's going to call his dad and let his dad pick him up. And so... He continues to drive north from Miami out to the Everglades and parks the car about 20, 30 foot off the side of the road, takes Chris out. And as he's walking him out, Chris notices he's got a gun and he actually shoots Chris and a bullet rips through his temple, uh, blinding his left eye and he falls down. David gets in his car, heads out and... The amazing thing of this is Chris lays there unconscious for six days. Wow. How he survives, I have no clue, but he does. He comes to and thinks that he's still waiting for his dad, so goes up to the road, waiting there. Meanwhile, his parents have been just worried, sick, put out rewards, talking to everybody they know, trying to find him. Uh, But some guy comes driving along, sees this 10-year-old kid with black eyes and bloody shirt uh, around the holidays and knows something is massively wrong, picks him up, takes him to the hospital, and he starts to recover. Uh, And the detectives come in, they start to ask questions, and pretty soon somebody in the family identifies, yeah, this is probably David McAllister that's done this. And so they, they put him in a lineup, 
And for whatever reason that day, Chris could not uh, identify him out of that lineup. And so David walks out of there completely free, never having served any time, never having anything come at him Mm. for that. And uh, this just continues on uh, for years and years. For the next three years, Chris has these nightmares. He's going uh, to the foot of his bed, his parents' bed every night, and just dealing with all this. But down the road, after years down the road in his life, he starts to decide, think through, maybe my story could help others understand the fullness of God's forgiveness if I could share my story. And so he does. He starts to share his story, goes and shares that all around. And one day he gets a call and David is 77 years old, laying in a nursing home bed and he's dying blind from glaucoma. And so the detectives wanted to approach him one more time to see if they could, the case had never been closed, they could get some kind of confession. And he acknowledged that he had dropped Chris off in the Everglades. And so they had that. And so they asked Chris if he would like to talk to him, and he said, yeah. And so he goes in, he talks to this guy. And I, Doug, I don't know <laughs> what would be going through your mind 22 year, years later, going into the room where a guy had just tried to take your life and seeing him there. Um, but Chris talks with him uh, for a while, and before he leaves, he says, sleep well to David. And David says, I finally will. Mm. He's experienced Chris's forgiveness. Uh, and... Then Chris goes on to, in his own words, talk about this. He said he came back, he'd visit often. He introduced his wife and his girls to David as well. David told CNN in an interview that he was, that Chris was the best friend he had ever had. Mm. Chris shared the gospel, the hope of Jesus with him, and he trusted Christ. And uh, it, it, it's a story before uh, Chris goes on to pass away that blows my mind that you could have that level of forgiveness and grace and mercy. And there's no way you can unless you've found that level of grace and forgiveness in your own life. Yeah, that's true. And not only that, but it does a lot of other things. And that story just shows to me, number one, we can forgive no matter how drastic we've been hurt. Mm -hmm. The second thing that I see from that story is we can be an example to other people yeah. to show them what does it look like to forgive. Right, absolutely. I mean, our relationships are the most important things we have in life, and the impact and the and, and, and the ability to be able to walk with people along the way and to give them an example. Sometimes that's just who we, who we need to be. Maybe that's why we're going through the certain situation we're going through, is so that it will impact others down yeah. the road. And why do stories like that do something so deep in our heart. Mm-hmm. We know that there's something so right and beautiful and incredible about that kind of love and forgiveness that is something greater than this world, something yeah. bigger than ourselves at work within it. Something definitely that uh, is a message we need to hear more and more about. Mm-hmm. Well, um, we're going to take our final break here. And when we come back, Josh is going to give us some practical advice of how to forgive and also how to accept forgiveness as well. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to the show that helps America stop worrying and start winning. One shot, one life. It's time to stop worrying and start winning. This is One Shot, One Life. Well, thanks so much for joining us today on One Shot, One Life. We absolutely love having you with us. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald. And if you want to stay up to date on what we're doing at One Shot, One Life, all you have to do 
is join our email community of over 10,000 people strong. Uh, we love to be able to share information with you of what we're doing, uh, guests that are coming up, previous episodes that we've had. All you have to do is go to our website, oneshotonelife.com, and scroll to the bottom of the page, and you can put your information in there. We actually have a new website that's going to be launched, I think, over the next week or so, I'm which so we're excited. really excited about. It looks so good. Yeah, so then you'll be able to easily you know, join our community. Uh, but the, here's the thing. We only send one email a week. We don't spam you, nor do we sell it, do we, Josh? No, we sure don't. So we take care of you, mm-hmm. and uh, we just want to make sure that you get all the information you need. So uh, simply go to oneshotonelife.com to get more information and stay connected with us throughout the week. Well, today we've been having a great uh, conversation, eye-opening conversation, um, really deep, deeply impacting conversation about forgiveness, both how to forgive somebody uh, who has hurt you and how to accept forgiveness when someone um, you have hurt uh, that you love as well. So our guest today is faith expert Josh Luce. And in our uh, final segment here, Josh, I want to talk about just some specifics that our listeners and I can take away from this of how can we forgive people when it's so difficult to forgive? Yeah. Yeah. And the thing I love about this topic is it's going to hit every one of us in the world, right? This is, we're never not going to be a spot where this topic is not going to be helpful in our life. And I think that one of the things we have to do is we have to realize that forgiveness has a cost. I think sometimes we think uh, that it, there's another way out without a cost. And I'll never forgive if I'm expecting it not to cost me something. Mm. But if I choose to forgive, it will cost. It's going to cost me uh, maybe some justice that I hope for, or it's going to cost me not getting things right the way that I planned it or wanted it or however it is, it's going to cost. But letting that go and choosing to forgive will give me rewards of freedom, peace of mind, uh, just the kind of person that I am, mm-hmm. joyfulness that uh, that far outweighs that cost. It's going to be worth it in the long run. So I think realizing it has a cost is step one. You got to do that. Well, and I think, you know, I know for myself, I'm the type of person, and maybe you're listening out there and, and you do this as well. But man, if, if somebody has hurt me, man, I think about it, mm-hmm. you know, and I dwell on it. Yep. And, and if I feel like I've hurt somebody, same thing. And years and years ago, I got into the habit that if before I went to bed at night, I had somebody on the my mind and it was a negative. Mm-hmm. In other words, I felt like maybe I had said or done something wrong or vice versa. I would contact that person. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, that person's like, well, I didn't, I didn't, right. I wasn't hurt at all. Yeah. But it was just that sensitivity of being aware, like you're talking about, that if I don't release that, I'm going to hold myself hostage. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's another thing we have to do is realize that forgiveness is ongoing. It's not, we can't forgive and forget because our brains bring it back up, right? Right. Like, right. W- w- the most random things in the world can bring back that hurt that was happened. So not only is it choosing to forgive individual and new things, but it's choosing to continue to forgive that same thing every time it's brought back to mind too. What, what, is, what do you mean? Uh, C.S. Lewis had a really good quote. I'm just going to read it. He said, we find that the work of forgiveness has to be done over and over again. We forgive, we mortify our resentment. A week later, some chain of thought carries us back to the original offense and we discover old resentment blazing away as if Mm. nothing had been done about it at all. We need to forgive our brother 77 times. Uh, not only 400, for 490 offenses, but for one offense. So every time I think again of that thing that that person did that I chose to forgive, but it comes back to mind and it brings with it that hurt once again, 
I can willfully say, no, I choose to continue to forgive them. I'm not going to start to hold a grudge at this point. I've already forgiven them. So I'm going to continue to choose to forgive them again. And we can continue to do that over and over and over as many times as it comes back to mind. So it's not forgetting it, but it's choosing not to remember it. It's choosing to... How do you do that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I know what it's like in my life. Um, you get to a point where you allow it to continue to... to you, you continue to forgive, mm-hmm. but then, um, like I said, it comes back up again and you have to forgive again. And then you have people around you. What, what do you do when you have somebody around you who says... Why do you put up with that so much? Right. Why do you keep why right. do you keep enduring with that? Yeah, and you're not being a doormat. It's not saying you don't right. put appropriate boundaries in place, but it is saying I'm going to choose to live free. To to live without holding that baggage of debt, um carrying that around and it, there's it I think my view would be it's impossible to do on your own. I I think it is impossible. We were talking about this a little over the break. Unless you have God who gives the power to forgive operating in your life and in your heart. I don't know how somebody can do that on their own. It's it's often I think the thing that gives us a lifelong life of bitterness mm. if if we don't have strength and power. So I I would say uh, as a believer in Jesus, I've got to take that to God and say, God, I need your strength to forgive because I can't do this on my own. And I you know also I think the power of having other people in your life that you trust that you can share that with who also will encourage you to do the same yeah. thing is important. Absolutely, absolutely. Corey Ten Boom, she was uh, somebody that was a Jewish survivor of the Holocaust. She's got some incredible books out, but she said forgiveness is of an, an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. Mm. And so there is uh, an aspect of it where I need God's help, I need other people's help, but there is an aspect where I make a, joy, a choice and a decision. Either I'm going to choose to hold this and not let it go, or I'm going to choose to forgive. And so it does come down to me making a choice as well. <laughs> you got to do it. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's so hard. And I, I, I'm just a firm believer that also that once you have been able to work through this in your life and get to a point where you can forgive, it's not always easy. It's not always perfect. Mm-hmm. But boy, we need more people, more examples of this. We need more people in our lives and more people in the media that are showing forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We just need more examples of this. Absolutely. Uh, and be willing to be transparent enough to um, to share that as well. So, and that can start with me, right? Right. I can has to, and nobody else can forgive for me. Yep. So I, I can be the one that starts. Yep. So can you. So can the person listening. Yep. Now, let me ask you this: So forgiving somebody is one thing. What about accepting forgiveness mm. from somebody? Yeah, that's hard. That I mean, is hard sometimes. Yeah, sometimes uh, we we don't feel maybe worthy. We don't feel. Um, that that we've done enough we want to lock ourselves kind of in some kind of cycle of trying to repay or do something uh but when somebody fails you forgiveness can be instant but trust has to be earned right so right right i think it's yep. important to understand the difference between those two i can choose to forgive and that forgiveness can be full and complete but that doesn't instantly put that relationship back into a perfect spot right so at that point i can continue to rebuild trust over and over again. And that really is a part of forgiveness because part of me saying, will you forgive me, is me saying, I was wrong. I don't want to do that. Uh, I should not have done that. And I don't want to do that again. And so part of rebuilding that trust is showing that place I was wrong in is not something that's going to show up again. I'm going to value you and show you your yep. value. Over and over, over and over and again. over. I worked with um, a few guys who reached out to me over the last I don't know, 20 years or so, 
who had, you know, had affairs on their wives Mm -hmm. and they wanted to know what I thought. They wanted to rectify it. And I said, you're going to have to ask forgiveness and you're going to have to grovel and you're going to have to Mm -hmm. prove yourself and you're going to have to be trusted over and over and over and over, even beyond what you think. And they weren't able to deal with that. Mm -hmm. They weren't able to go to that level. Yeah. Um, But that's, that's what it does take though to gain that trust back. You got to own it. You got to confess it. You got to leave it. Right. So Mm -hmm. I own what I've done. I confess it and I, I come forward saying, Hey, this was the wrong. And then I got to leave it. I got to turn from it and say, okay, there is a new chapter starting. There's a new day. And, and I leave it there and I start in that new, new chapter. All right. Well, I've got one more question area that I want to talk about before we close things up. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to, to, to live my best life. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know I screw up and, and, um, and I want to help people and encourage people, but I make mistakes as well. As I've worked with people over the years, when they make mistakes and you talk about faith and you talk about God, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people feel like they've done so, done things in their lives that even God can't forgive. Mm-hmm. Can God forgive? That is the most incredible thing that I think I wake up to every morning is God's fullness in his forgiveness. There's a poetic writer. Uh, he it was a psalmist, David, that loved writing songs. In Psalm 103, he said, bless the Lord, O my soul. And he puts it this way, who pardons all your iniquities. What he's saying is who forgives all your debt. So this, this God is so incredibly gracious that not only will he forgive your debt, he's the one that paid for it. So he's the one that's taking the punishment and the price for that by giving up his life for your life. And what's amazing is there's no limit to this God and his forgiveness of us. And it's just that point of us recognizing what he's done and turning to him in that. So, yeah, is there a limit? Absolutely not, <laughs> which is hard for me to reconcile. Well, when you when you get to a point where you can, you don't have to, I know for myself, it's hard to fathom that God could actually forgive me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But when you can at least broach that and say, hey, you know what? He, he says it. I, I'm going to believe it, whether I truly deep down believe it or not. Mm-hmm. There's a freedom that comes with yep. that. There's yep. always a freedom that comes with that. And then there's our human nature that wants to get back in the way to say, nope, that ain't going to happen. Right. That's, yep. not, that's not true. And we have to keep surrounding ourselves with the word, with people that encourage us um, to, to understand that forgiveness. And Doug, when we understand that forgiveness, that's what gives us so much strength to forgive others, right? When yep. I realize all that I've done in my life, all the mistakes, all the messes, all the ways that I've hurt people, all the ways that I have failed, and yet this loving, gracious God looks at me and says, I love you, I forgive you, I want you as my child, and gives his life for me, and I haven't done a thing to earn it right. or deserve it. It's true, just purely by putting my faith and trust in what he's done that I have a relationship with him. That frees me to turn around and extend that same love and forgiveness and grace right. to every single person I meet, no matter what comes at me, because they'll never outdo. Uh, my grace will never outdo the grace that God's right. given me. So I think that that's huge in understanding that for ourselves. Anything else you want to share before we wrap things up? You know, thank you for this incredible opportunity to be on your show. Doug, what you guys are doing through the show is changing lives, and it's giving us so many tools for our day-to-day stuff. So 
Thank you. Thanks for the great work. And uh, thanks for digging in this topic today, too. Well, Josh, thank you for that. We appreciate it. It's, uh, that means a lot. And it's our desire. Like, I know it's your desire. You know, I've, we've, we've all got pastor hearts here, really, of wanting to serve and encourage. And, and we want the best for everybody. Mm. And uh, we want to encourage people with that. Um, if listeners want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they can shoot me an email. Uh, my email is josh at citylightlincoln.org. And uh, love to talk to anybody. If you need a speaker, you need somebody to come and encourage you or your group, get Josh. He's the man. I'm telling you. My kids love him. My wife and I love him and appreciate his message. And we love his family, by the way, as well. So, all right, Josh, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Well, if you'd like to listen to the podcast of this show or previous shows, you can find them on all podcast platforms. All you have to do is simply search One Shot, All One Word, One Life, All One Word on your favorite podcast service. And you can find more information about what we do and the show as well on OneShotOneLife.com. Also want to thank today's guest, Josh Luce, and my executive producer behind the scenes, Josh Floyd. Until next time, take full advantage of your amazing One Life and make every single day count. One Shot, One Life. Thank you for listening to the One Shot, One Life show. Visit OneShotOneLife.com to get a free download of our theme song. Join a mastermind group, purchase one of our online courses, and more. While you're there, learn how to connect with Doug on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Go there now. OneShotOneLife.com.